0: Over the past few decades, America has embarked upon a policy of oil independence. Recently, President Trump wanted to free the USA from any external pressure when it came to energy. As The Economist reported this week, Donald Trump's commitment to reducing America's involvement in the Middle East also relates to the black stuff. It is justified in part by the shale oil revolution that has made America the world's biggest producer, lessening its dependence on the region. Well, the shale oil revolution has pushed America onto a forward foot when it comes to energy. The oil crisis of the past few decades have forced America to exploit its native oil reserves, adding to the global market. Saudi Arabia tried to counter this in 2014, opening its taps to force the price of oil down, making shale marketing production something that was unprofitable. However, America was able to push on. As The Economist stated, America in 2018 eclipsed Saudi Arabia and Russia as the world's top producer. To counter American energy independence, two unlikely rivals teamed up. The Economist stated in 2016, Russia teamed up with the Organization of Petroleum Exporting Countries, called OPEC, led by Saudi Arabia, in an attempt to offset booming American shale production. A recent CNBC article by, bon- by Ron Eisner reiterated the goal. The aim, he said, is to inflict pain on the American frackers, forcing them to shutter wells and give up the market share the U.S. has taken from Saudi Arabia, Russia, and others. End quote. Well, the production of oil around the planet has been reaching an all-time high. Consider the reflection in The April Economist, where the writer wrote, Each day, about 100 million barrels of oil rise from reservoirs deep below the Earth's surface. A ship called Liza Destiny sits off the coast of Guyana, collecting the black stuff from wells on the seabed nearby, two kilometers below. On Norway's continental shelf, the John Sverdup project is ramping up faster than expected. In Texas, some 174,000 wells are at work, from big shale operations to solitary pump jacks nodding as cattle graze nearby. Last month, Saudi Arabia said it would ship a staggering 12.3 barrels a day to customers in April. From the Nile Delta to Siberia, oil continues to flow. End of the quote. Well, America has pressured to cut production to prevent the industry from collapse. However, Russia broke away from this as the article continued. In an effort to snuff out shale, Russia shocked OPEC in March by refusing to further production cuts. Furious Saudis declared a price war in response. Well, then came the brunt of the coronavirus and the planet went into lockdown, completely decimating the demand for oil. With people not driving to work, not driving for work, and staying shattered in their homes, the demand has collapsed. The beginning of this week saw the market completely dive. A special report from Bloomberg's Energy and Science section described the situation. They write, The price on the futures contract for West Texas crude that is due to expire Tuesday fell into the negative territory, minus $37.63 a barrel. That's right. The sellers were actually paying buyers to take the stuff off their hands. The reason? With the pandemic bringing the economy to a standstill, there is so much unused oil sloshing around that American energy companies have run out of room to store it. And there is no place to put the oil. No one wants a crude contract that's about to come due. The article goes on to state, An unprecedented output deal by OPEC and Allied members a week ago to curb supply is proving too little too late in the face of the one-third collapse in global demand. The price collapse is reverberating across the oil industry. Crude explorers shut down 13% of American drilling fleet last week." End quote. Well, the political and economic seismic events have been a way of redrawing the world map at lightning speed. Political earthquakes are a sign of the times, similar to the situation in AD 70, where we read in Matthew 24, verse 7, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in divers places. Well, in the late 1980s, the Soviet Union collapsed. In the vacuum of superpowers, Saddam Hussein invaded Kuwait, triggering the first Gulf War. It drew an international force into the Middle East. America, Britain, Australia, New Zealand, and Canada, the merchants of Tartars and the Young Lions, returned to the Middle East after an absence of years. America and Britain established permanent bases. In 2000, President Bush ran on a platform of pulling out of the Middle East. In September 2001, his first year in office, Osama bin Laden coordinated the September 11th attacks. Instantly, America was drawn back into the Middle East. The Second Gulf War followed, and Iraq this time was overthrown. Then two terms of President Obama saw American policy in the Middle East turn on its head. It prepared the American people, though, to enact an unlikely candidate, Donald Trump. It is a reminder of the fact that God is in control, as we read in Daniel 4, verse 7. This matter is by the decree of the watchers and the demand by the word of the holy ones to the intent that the living may know that the Most High rules in the kingdom of men and gives it to whomsoever he will and setteth up over it the basest of men. Well, President Trump rewrote the situation in the Middle East by recognizing Israel's capital in Jerusalem and then their annexation of the Golan Heights. Israel, invigorated by this new impetus pushing it forward, is set to annex what's called the West Bank. The Associated Press reported the European Union Thursday issued a warning against the incoming Israeli government's intention to annex part of the occupied West Bank, saying that such a move would constitute a serious violation of international law. The EU's foreign policy chief, Josep Boral, said the 27-member bloc does not recognize Israel's sovereignty over Palestinian territory and it will continue to closely monitor the situation and its broader implications and will act accordingly. Well, we know what act accordingly means in the long term. We know that the target area of the Gogian invasion is the mountains of Israel, which the liberal media call the West Bank. The whole situation is very volatile and we are beginning to see the economic fallout from the global pandemic. The collapse of the energy sector is part of this. There are other issues looming, including a large number of debts people are running up while not working, the loss of market share companies are experiencing, and many companies are slipping towards bankruptcy. The temporary loss of work and permanent damage to the economy will have a reciprocating effect. Once the COVID crisis ends, some will have no jobs and... Their workplaces will no longer exist. Some companies will have gone bankrupt. Others will not be able to return to work until the economy grows and the demand increases in the market their industry supplies. Economic recovery will be slow, especially in the Western world. Now, a weakened Western world is what the Bible predicts. When we contemplate the situation in Ezekiel 38 and Daniel 11, we do not see a response like we did in 1991 or 2001 during the Gulf Wars. We see a protest. We read in Ezekiel 38:13 that Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish, with all the lions thereof, shall say unto Gog, "'Art thou come to take a spoil?' Hast thou gathered thy company to take a prey, to carry away silver and gold, to take away cattle and goods, to take a great spoil? Well, Western forces are there countering the king of the north, described by Zechariah as two mountains of brass in chapter 6, verse 1, but they seem impotent to do anything. It will be the Messiah who comes to the rescue of Israel in that day, as we read in Joel chapter 2, verse 32. It shall come to pass that whosoever will call upon the name of the Lord shall be delivered, for in Mount Zion in Jerusalem there will be deliverance, as the Lord hath said, and in the remnant whom the Lord shall call. Now around the time of the establishment of the kingdom, the ships of Karshish will be broken. We read about this in Psalm 48, where we read in verses 1 to 8, Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised in the city of our God, in the mountain of his holiness. Beautiful for situation, the joy of the whole earth is Mount Zion, on the sides of the north, the great city, the city of the great king. God is known in her palaces for a refuge, for lo, the kings were assembled, they passed by together, they saw it, and so they marveled. They were troubled and hasted away. Fear took hold on them, and pain is a woman in travail. Thou breakest the ships of Tarshish with an east wind, as we have heard. So have we seen in the city of the Lord of hosts, in the city where God, God will establish it for ever. Selah. So here we see, while Zion's going to be established, and some of the kings of the earth are going to flee who have come against her, the ships of Tarshish during the same period are going to be broken. Well, that's what we begin to see today is the collapse of this Tarshish power that has ruled the world, really, since the end of the Second World War. Well, while the Western powers are to diminish, at the same time we see that a predatorial Russia is to arise. An article written today by the Associated Press ran under the headline, Russia is the world's biggest loser from the oil crash, and that's a reason to worry. The article stated, Russia's economy and power is highly dependent on oil and energy prices. A country that depends so heavily on one commodity, as Russia does, will always be vulnerable. Since the price of commodities is inherently volatile, determined as it is by the robustness of industrial powers, the exporter can neither control the price nor have an opportunity to generate investment capital on a systematic basis. The article continues, Some of us will recall the Arab oil embargo, which defined the 1970s and was the opportunity for countries like the Soviet Union and Iran to create modern economies. The oil producers assumed that their power and therefore income would be permanent, but high prices generated a search for new sources of oil and gas as well as new efficiencies in energy use, and the price fell dramatically in the 1980s." Well, having said this, Russia has been building what The Economist calls a fortress economy. It reported in March, Russia now sits on one of the world's largest gold and foreign exchange reserves worth $570 billion. Oleg Volgin, the former official of the central bank and finance ministry, explains the thinking. We're protecting against external shocks and foreign enemies because we have modern weapons and rockets, but we also because we have gold and reserves. End quote. Now, what is clear from the scripture is Russia's future enterprise in the Middle East is partly driven by economics. It is clear from Ezekiel 38 that they have come for a spoil, to take away a prey, to take away silver, gold, cattle, and goods. Well, we just read about them trying to hoard gold, and that's part of their idea of how they're going to make this fortress economy. Well, Daniel also highlights their motives in Daniel chapter 11, verse 43. He says, He will have power over the treasures of gold and silver, and over all the precious things of Egypt, and the Libyans and Ethiopians will be at his steps. Zechariah chapter 14 verse 2 adds detail to this too, describing the houses being rifled or plundered by the invaders. And Joel chapter 3 verse 5 gives God's indictment against the aggressor, because you have taken my silver and my gold and have carried into your temples my goodly pleasant things. Well, it's interesting that God says the wealth of Israel is his. After all, it is God that has blessed the land since the return of the Jews. This is the root of the evil thought that Gog thinks in Ezekiel 38 verse 10. It may well be the hooks that are put into its jaws to draw it down to the mountains of Israel are the economic circumstances that are being generated today. What we are witnessing in the world may well be another angelic move to set the stage for the return of Christ. The nations of the world are being prepared to take their appointed roles. The West is being weakened, and Russia is being stretched to its limit and goaded by its energy-driven economy to be ready to take action. War has always been a method of breaking deadlock. Well, are we preparing for the crisis which is about to come upon us before it comes upon the rest of the world? Remember what Peter says, The time is come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall be the end of those that obey not the gospel? 1 Peter 4 verse 17 we need to be prepared and see that we are at the end. We read in Luke chapter 12, verse 35, Let your loins be girded about, and your lights burning, and you yourselves like men that wait for their Lord when he will return from the wedding, that when he cometh and knocketh, that he might open it Immediately, blessed are those servants who the Lord, when He comes, will find watching. Verily, I say unto you, He shall gird Himself and make them to sit down to meat, and will come forth and serve them. Now that's an incredible idea, but the point is that these servants are waiting, they are watching, they're in anticipation, and meet their Lord with joy. Well, this crisis is upon us like a birth pang, which announces the birth. It may be painful and it tense. Sometimes this is what we need to wake us up and refocus on the things that matter and the reality of our coming king. Like a natural birth, though, the pangs may subside, and this will be a real test. Will we lose our focus and intensity? Will we drift back to our former malaise? Or will we remain sober and vigilant as men that wait with eager anticipation? The birth pangs may subside, but they will return, and eventually so will our Lord. We read in Revelation 22, verse 12, Behold, I come quickly, and my reward is with me, to give to every man according as his work shall be. For the Bible in the News, this has been Jonathan Bowen joining you.